Hello and welcome to the new paradigm of women's awakening, sacred remembering. I'm your host, Sarah Poet. I invite you to step out of the old and into the new. Let's imagine together that we're walking toward a lush and glistening landscape. You notice forests and trees, crystalline water and rich black soil. The soil is different than any soil you've ever seen and you can't help but to take off your shoes and slide your toes into the soil. You've never seen or felt soil so rich or so replenishing. Your feet begin to sink down and into the soil like feet do as we stand beside the ocean and waves lap at our ankles. And as you sink down into this soil ankle deep, you realize that you are in touch with something else. There's this golden thread, this gold frequency that runs through this soil. It connects everything, like mycelium. It's in the earth, the trees, in you. And as you lift your head and you look around, you realize that there are other women also in this grid, the soil, connected via the gold frequency a unified network, and you are a part of it. And you breathe this all in deeply into the space of your heart. Welcome to Sacred Remembering, the podcast and live community for modern women waking up to the full and unified truth of who we are, standing prosperously now in that truth. You were planted here on earth at this time because there is something so unique inside of you. And when you ignite it, you light up the entire planetary grid. The answers that are needed on earth now are inside of modern women. They're inside of you. So go ahead and tilt your face upward towards source and allow the seed of sacred remembrance to open inside of you in that warmth. We're a community and network of women lighting up the globe by standing in the emanation of exactly who we are. Sacred, sovereign, creational, unified, and incredibly committed to love. Welcome. We're so glad you're here. Hello, Sacred Remembering community. This is Sarah Poet. Thank you so much for being here today. And as an intro to today's episode, which is pretty exciting because I'm, I'm sharing this story that has so many uh, layers to it and really this activation um, where it's like something's going to happen on a cellular level, on a spiritual level, on a soul level beyond just the story. And that's really exciting because this is, I guess, a different kind of story. There's like more truth telling in the story than maybe what I've brought forward before. And, um, 
yeah, there's a, a particular, I guess, activation in me where I am called to share more truthful stories about a lot of the lineage clearing that I've been doing in the last few years, which was a doozy. <laughs> And, um, this story is a story that I've written for Heartland, the book, but I've only spoken it to a couple of friends. And so, um, now I'm putting it on the podcast, but I also wanted to share quickly this story of a dream that happened after I recorded this episode. So I recorded this on Monday and then I think a day or two later I had this dream and I don't really remember a lot of my dreams. And usually if I'm supposed to remember it, I'll be woken up, um, so that I get the, the message or the download and I'm getting a little bit better about paying attention to that and not just going back to sleep. <laughs> Isn't that a metaphor? And so I actually grabbed my phone and left myself some voice messages. Um, and, and this felt like a really powerful, really alchemical dream. And I, I don't even have all the meaning of it, but I wanted to share it because it feels like a part of this transmission and a part of the wisdom of, um, telling this kind of story, you know, that, that is for all of us the wisdom that is for all of us about storytelling. Hmm. And I'm feeling to speak here that when we don't share our stories, it's because we don't know how, or because we think that there's some kind of fear, or it's because we doubt ourselves that we've figured it out, etc. And so I'm telling a story that is mystical. It might even be in process. And it was oh, like maybe one of the most <laughs> shaping, you know, um, like formative experiences for me in the, of the past few years. But I kept it quiet because it had this component of like family secrecy in it which I no longer feel to shelter. And if you follow me on Instagram at embodied breath, um, last weekend, I was called to do a reel about the, um, well, about an aspect of my family's SRA influence and how that has impacted me. And whereas that's something that I've been quiet about while I've kind of been like figuring that out or feeling the burden of that, um, I'm now able to step into this space where I'm able to tell these stories, like not from a traumatized space. And, um, I'm actually seeing far, far more like memories and truths. And I guess you could say like seeing more into the field lately because, <sighs> because I agreed <laughs> to do that <laughs> because there was this aspect of myself that was repressing, um, some of what was hard to look at. And I realized that in doing that, I was also repressing my sight, my mystical sight, my power, my, you know, vision, my, my mission, my purpose, like all of it was connected to that. And when I said yes to 
recovering that and standing in my mission and purpose and this God soul alignment and, um, and, and being me, (laughs) um, you know, one of the primary directives was, well, tell more stories. And then another thing that happened was that I did begin to see more of what was hard to look at like more of, you know, more things that had happened to me personally, more truths about how these dark, like networks of SRA, satanic ritual abuse, like how they, um, like exist. And I've started to see that more, but the difference now is that, um, I'm not triggered. I'm actually like not triggered in the seeing of the things, which is, that's the first, like, this is the first period of time that that has ever been true. Because before, when I used to see these things, I would get very scared and I would not know how to quote unquote, like beat this thing. And I didn't know where the next sort of like psychic attack or something like that was going to come from. And so that's some of what I've been dealing with. And, um, it's like in the, well, there's a lot of energetics that go into this, but, you know, claiming the alignment to the God source creation and my organic template is very much helping. And something has happened where I've turned some kind of corner where when I see these things, it's not traumatizing. It's just information. Like even if I'm looking at a vision of something really negative that happened to me as a child, um, it's, it's information at this moment. And then I'm kind of like alchemizing this through love. And so I'm not here to tell you traumatizing stories. I'm here to share this part (laughs) with you to say that I am kind of at this next level of expression in who I am and my storytelling that feels obviously important, but it's like, I can do more with the stories that I tell if I'm not telling them through a traumatized lens, because if I'm telling them through a traumatized lens, then I might be traumatizing those that are listening. And I apologize if previous, you know, uh, seasons of the podcast did that. And so that was a long way of introducing this dream that I had, but thank you for bearing with me because again, my eyes are closed. I'm just kind of channeling what wants to come through here and we're connecting the dots. So in this dream, there was this great grandmother tree, this grandmother tree that had been around for a very long time and that held a lot of wisdom and that held a lot of code and light code, creation code, and records. So those words are important, so I'll just kind of let that light up. And so the energy was like running up and down the tree, and there's actually a tree on um, in the forest here next to where I'm living that's like different from the other trees, and she kind of beckoned me, and I sit by her and she kind of has this feature of these light codes just running up and down her. And, um, so, you know, it's really an honor to, to sit with her is how it feels. And so in the dream, this tree was letting me know that it was a place where the records were held. Like 
it was a record keeper and yeah, it was like a place where like whatever was put into that tree was going to go on as information like for the planet. So, you know, I'm a writer and some of the stuff I write never makes it anywhere. Some of the stuff makes it into a blog. Some of the stuff will make it into books. And I know that that's a part of what I'm here to do. I'm here to tell stories and the stories like help to create the records. And (laughs) that felt really powerful. The stories help to create the records. And then it's like, well, what kind of stories are we telling? And this tree was specifically talking about the stories of the feminine, like what stories of the feminine get told and go on record. And so let this kind of activate in your heart. That's where I'm feeling this in, in our community here as we listen to this, let this activate in your heart. And ask how this applies to you and the stories that you tell and the words that you want to go on record. And feel if this is kind of a call to greater integrity, perhaps, or greater mission and purpose alignment, like whatever this is for you, there's a reason that I'm telling it. And it's probably different for even each of us. And so, yeah, so that wanted to be shared here at the beginning. And so as you listen to this podcast and it's kind of like, three little parts. So the first part I'm talking about, you know, your own medicine, and then I'm talking about grandmother medicine. So we can kind of get in that mode. And then the third part, I tell you this story about healing this part in my lineage and how that had to do with a grid connection an earth connection, and also how it had to do with (laughs) meeting a woman who was my grandmother's age with my grandmother's name and something really spectacular happening. So I'm going to leave it at that. Thank you for being here. And if you do listen to this podcast episode and you have a reaction, please go ahead and leave that on Apple, Spotify, um, or you can even send me an email, Sarah at sarahpoet.com. And if you have a question that arises as you're listening to this podcast, and if I can answer it, or if I just can try to respond to it, I can do that in an upcoming episode. And so that would be wonderful to hear what came alive for you as you heard this, or like even what percolated later, um, you're welcome to reach out and share that. Um, or come into the sacred remembering community and share that. Um, We are weaving these, ah, yeah, these, these like 
mysterious interactions with creation and we're trusting that they're purposeful um, and sometimes we have meaning for them and sometimes the meaning arises later <laughs> and sometimes we just have a little bit of meaning and we can't make sense of it all but there's a big big aspect of trusting and so in the sacred remembering community we're doing that together and we're walking together in that way Thank you for being here. Thank you for attuning to your own path of sacred remembering. And thanks for leaning in. Much love. Hello, listeners. Thank you so much for being here. My guests and I hope that you glean so much transformative information on this podcast in each and every episode. I am so passionate about helping women to reframe our innate value and how we decide to exchange that value. So let's get clear about the intentions that are going on here with this podcast. This podcast is a gift to you. It is free. It is an act of service on my part to produce it. If you would like to take action to reciprocate for this gift, I'll mention a few things that are super helpful. One, you can rate and review this podcast on Apple and Spotify, because the more reactions that it gets, the more this information can reach more people. And the more this mission of sacred remembering and modern women standing in their truth can spread. Two, you can sign up for my email list at sarahpoet.com and follow me on Instagram at embodied breath. And this is helpful because I do intend to publish books and publishers are looking at those audience numbers. So if you want to help me play that game and in the meantime, get super valuable content from me, then you can stay connected in that way as well. If you would like to receive more via exchange, you can again, sign up for my email list, receive my new ebook called No Limits Going Beyond the Need for Boundaries by Redefining the Value of Your Feminine Resources. I'm excited about this. You can see that talking about the empowerment that is possible with women redefining our feminine resources is a hot topic for me right now. And of course, you can always pay forward this podcast episode by sending it to a friend. Thank you for your participation and your energy exchange at any level. And I hope that you enjoy this episode. Now let's begin. Hello everyone. And welcome to sacred remembering podcast episode 148. I'm Sarah poet. And today is going to be about soul medicine, grandmother medicine, and I have a story to tell you. And I have to tell you that I am actually surprised that I am doing this podcast right now because I did not plan to do it, but I am following an intuition to do it. I had a really big weekend of soul integration. A lot of times that happens when my son is at his father's and it's almost like, you know, the soul just knows that there's this extra time to go deep into personal integration. And so that has been happening. I actually feel my DNA upgrading. 
Like <laughs> I've never said that before, but I actually feel the activation in all of the energy field and also um, in my DNA. And so I just took a nap <laughs> because I needed a nap. <laughs> it's like I needed a reset here on a Monday and have to pick up my son soon from school. And I woke up from the nap and, and it was like, oh my gosh, you know, what am I going to do with this little period of time? And I want to be diligent about, you know, being with my work day, but I'm also very tired. And there wasn't this, like, you must produce something because in Heartland, which is this like codex of the regenerative feminine, we move away from just producing to produce and using our energy like that. And so there was this actually interesting, <laughs> however, um, instruction from what feels like these grandmother allies that uh, I walk with, with Heartland, and they have been really present for the last I don't know, a few weeks, months, six weeks or so. Um, and so I, I woke up from this nap and I felt like the grandmothers were like, you're going to go tell the story on this podcast right now. And that is a surprise. So I am doing it and I'm sort of winging it. Although this story is one that I have been editing for the Heartland book. So there is something in this podcast that is alchemy for all of us, all of us listening, for even me speaking. When I say alchemy, it's like this trusting that there's a medicine. I'm going to talk more about that word in a minute. There is a medicine moving through the space, um, through the message, through the story, maybe even through the voice, through the energy that is here to remind you of something, activate something in you. That's what sacred remembering is, right? Like we follow the breadcrumbs, we listen to these intuitions, we commit, we show up, and we find what we find. So even if I'm using words in this podcast that you are new to, like, you know, oh, there's big thunder outside. I don't know if you could hear that. That's pretty cool. So we've got the, the thunder beings, as they say. So even if I'm using words like thunder beings or grandmother medicine or soul medicine or DNA upgrades, and you're like, what the heck? this woman's out there. Um, it's like, yes, I am. And I'm always going to, um, to tie back to, you know, we are modern women awakening to the truth of who we are. And so, yeah, if it's like stretching you or if this is old hat, you know, perfect in, in all the ways. Um, so I think what I want to talk about first is, soul medicine. And this was in my Sunday post. If you get my emails, sarahpoet.com. If you don't get my emails and you want to get my emails, I think they're rather good. I write blog posts. I write inspirational messages. So it's all there for you. And um, please subscribe. I'd love to stay connected more so than just putting these videos and audios into the world. But anyway, this last Sunday, I wrote about our unique medicine and specifically using the word medicine. My friend Lisa is using the word medicine a lot these days. 
And the soul's medicine, you know, on a sacred remembering path, it's standing in the very truth of who we are. And that very truth of who we are is medicine to the world. Now, maybe you're like, but I'm not worried about the world right now. I'm just worried about like making it through another day. Great. You being you will actually be perfectly aligned for where the medicine's supposed to go. And um, because in in human design, which I'm not trained in, but there's like the individual circuitry, the tribal circuitry, and the collective circuitry. So when I first became an entrepreneur and I was like trying to solve all the problems in the world around masculine and feminine, I thought that I had to do that for the collective, but it turns out I have tribal circuitry. So that's why right now I'm really ignited about sacred remembering and really building community because I am like working for the tribe right now. and that's part of my medicine. That is actually part of why I'm here to do that. Okay. And to be a leader of sorts, like a new earth leader, a new type of leader in the tribe. Okay. Yeah. So I went to look at my human design chart just before I, you know, started this episode. Actually, I I looked at notes that I had taken from human design and there was something about storytelling. And I used to love being a storyteller. And when I was a classroom teacher, uh, one of my high school students did this hashtag that was like story time with Sarah. Like I love telling stories and looping things to stories. And um, I think I used to do that more, you know, maybe in the past. And, And there was something about storytelling that was coming back. And I remember someone saying to me, you know, you do have this human design gate around storytelling, but remember that you have to tell the stories to inspire. Okay. You have to tell the stories to inspire. So weaving here a little bit about the medicine and the storytelling, I don't exactly know why I'm telling the story that I'm telling today. But part of my medicine that I'm stepping into is being more publicly, I guess, a mystic. (laughs) If you know me personally, you know that I am always a mystic. I am always tracking the great mystery. I am always looking at what's happening. I'm always looking at the souls unfolding And I completely geek out on this. And it's very, very close to how I walk my sacred remembering path. I'm always noticing what is happening in correlation to the other things. Actually, last night, I I was having such an aha moment. And I really have not done a lot of like full-on plant medicine journeys at all because really every day is a mystical day for me. I'm not even kidding. But, you know, if you have done a plant medicine journey, what that really has shown me is that there is an orchestration to creation. There is, everything is actually very connected in creation. It is all playing out for us most of the time. 
And, you know, we can see and witness those connections the more attuned we are. We don't need plant medicine to be attuned to those connections. We need to be attuned to our own life to witness those connections, right? And so that um, that is like the way I live my life. And so I think where I was going with that was that it is a part of my medicine to weave these notices and then share story. And in me sharing the story, there is a unique soul's medicine that your soul can hear and allow something in you, like I said, to be like kind of worked through or a connection to be made or a ping in your remembrance. And this is how it works. And this is how we share. And we do this a lot in the sacred remembering community. We just share a story. We just share a dream that we had. We share something our kids said that was really interesting. And what we notice is that there are these divine connections in the tribe. Okay. So if you are a woman on an awakening path, there's no race. We're not like further ahead or further behind. We are modern women waking up to the truth of who we are. And the sacred remembering community is the live place where we are interacting and going into sacred space together and going into community together and just talking about the mystery together and, and what we're noticing and how we are always bringing more of our authentic self our, our true self, and I would call that the soul self online in our lives, okay? Activating more of our own divine blueprint because that is what the planet needs and that is your medicine. So you live your medicine every single day, no matter how loud or outward you are on your path. That is very important. That is the important thing. I came back to do this podcast because my soul led me to do it. I am sharing the story because my soul is leading me to do it. You don't have to be putting your personal storytelling on the internet and all over the world. Those are my instructions that I am getting for me. and that that is unique and so we have to honor that the um guidance that we receive is unique and also the uniqueness of our medicine is in our expression so you may be guided to do like one-on-one caretaking for a child or an elder, and that's your medicine. You may be guided to make all sorts of like delicious soups and foods that nourish people's bodies, and that's your medicine. You might be an herbalist, and that's your medicine. But the most important thing is that you don't deny your medicine. Because when we deny our medicine, we stop the flow of life. Okay. So quickly, I want to talk about something that I feel that my ego would say that I am almost ill-equipped to talk about. I want to talk about this thing called grandmother medicine. 
So let's all just like pause right here and um, maybe put your hand on your heart and just open in curiosity, maybe reverence to this concept of the elder, the grandmother, the wisdom keeper. We feel those energies arriving here. And so I just want to say a particular welcome to the grandmothers that guide Heartland. And just, you might say it out louder to yourself, just welcoming any well helper spirits of the grandmothers that want to be here with you while you listen to this. Okay, and so let's just continue to attune here. And my eyes are still closed. If it's safe for you to keep your eyes closed, go ahead and do it. And just tune into like the spirit of grandmother medicine. And maybe you have a vision or a sense or a feeling or a direct remembrance from a grandmother that was in your life. And so when we talk about grandmother medicine, we're talking about this essence and this quality of, I guess, an archetype. We could call it an archetype of the medicine grandmother, medicine grandmother, the elder. So one of the things that I notice about grandmother medicine is that there's no rush. There's no rush to grandmothers. It's like this wisdom has been cold, you know, across a lifetime, many lifetimes from experience. And there is just this gnosis, this knowing And I've actually been um, kind of hanging out in person with two women of, you know, grandmother like status and age and, and um, I guess eldership or emerging eldership. And um, one of the things, the qualities that I appreciate witnessing uh, very much about these two women is that like something can be so profound or surprising and there's a calmness in receiving that or expressing that. It's just so much more easygoing than, you know, in our 20s, 30s, 40s, where we think we have to like hype our way through life. Good Lord, if I see that word hype one more time right now, don't even get me started on that. Um. So perhaps, you know, at the age of 42, there's a mm, turning perhaps going on in me toward this quality of, ah, like no need to hype, no need to rush, you know? Um, (laughs) 
I do have a 23 year old daughter. So hopefully I won't be a grandmother anytime soon at 42, but you know, who knows? Who knows? I heard her at um, 19. So I think she'll be more wise than, than I was. So, hmm. You know, and another incredible quality of the grandmother medicine that I I think I yearn for um, and, and just so appreciate is just this natural weaving of sacred noticing and sacred remembering. Um, whereas it is something that as we are modern women waking up to the truth of who we are, you know, sharing some of these things like the story I'm about to tell you, or the things that I've already said, it can be pretty weird, you know, in the world to, to do this, or to like start talking about this. But a few weeks ago, I was sitting on the front porch of, of this grandmother's house and sitting with these two women and the sacred remembering the weaving of the sacred into the everyday storytelling was so rich and so natural that I actually felt so at home. There was no divide between like, I I used to say this a lot on this podcast, like one foot in one world, one foot in the other. And that's how women in awakening have lived for so long. But now we're saying, no, 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 no. There's no like division of, you know, when I'm at work, I'm emulating masculine and getting the job done. And when I'm at home, I'm exploring what it feels like to become an energy worker and making an altar and having intuitive experiences and, you know, thinking, oh my gosh, I might be a mystic waking up and, and all of these things. It's like, all of that gets to happen in one place. Whew. Big thunder outside, as I said that. All that gets to happen in one place. And I will say that part of my walk right now is embracing my next iteration of that. And so, again, wherever we are, I like to speak a lot of, you know, permissions on this podcast because it's like, um, this is brave work. This is courageous work to stand in the truth of who we are and claim that, you know, we are these things. We are these mystics. We are these storytellers. We are these people that can attune to the sacred. So, one more piece of grandmother medicine would be then that, you know, this feminine integration of this mysticism and also an ability to sense the earth elements and even communicate from the earth elements is something um, that is calling me, calling me toward grandmother medicine. So, Perhaps your grandmother was not a mystic or did not sit in sacred circle or, you know, perhaps she like baked delicious chocolate chip cookies in her kitchen or my grandmother, um, she's still living on my mother's side. You know, she always hosted Sunday uh, lunches and the entire extended family would gather for Sunday lunches and, and like gathering around her table was so formative 
in my life. Um, so I'm going to move into telling a story. Ooh, I feel this. Um, let me name these sensations. As soon as I thought about telling the story publicly, there was something in my right shoulder that tensed up. Like, don't tell this story publicly. Now, this story is typed out in draft form in the Heartland, you know, manuscript in the book, right? That I want to publish. Um, by the way, if you have a couple of degrees connection to publisher, please reach out to me because Heartland needs a publisher, I need an agent. I need a publishing situation. We need to do this. So speaking that, and <laughs> part, part of my sacred push right now is just to put it all out there. Um, also, as I begin to tell this story, I can feel a lot of support from these grandmothers from Heartland itself. So I really appreciate that. Ooh, that's like almost emotional. That's so much support. And then there's a part of me that wants to name that this is a sacred story. And so I do want to evoke the sacred space held by Mother, Father, God, the Christosophia. And welcoming the guardians of unity and light and love, these 12 dimensional plus guardians. And welcoming the sacred space of the heartland and the new earth grids. And if you are listening to this on the podcast, you heard the opener, which is setting sacred space, where we are in the space of the new positive earth grids and the new regenerative feminine, which is the space of the heartland. And also just wanting to welcome any well and well-intended guides, ancestors, and allies that want to support this story. And also connecting to the land that I will talk about in this story. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about grid work a little bit, but I'm going to talk about this from the perspective of just being a woman and kind of discovering that there are these grid worker aspects of myself. So some of you that have listened the previous episodes um, have asked me about grid work more so or asked me to explain it. And part of my medicine is sharing these kind of everyday discovery stories of this mystic's path, this sacred remembering path. Um, and so that is what I intend to do. So there's just a little bit more space setting that wants to happen here. Just breathe. Beautiful. I'm going to jump right in. So a few years ago, I was on this piece of land and I was 
awakened and activated in this heartland kind of sequence. I told you about that in the last episode. And as I was still living on that property and, and the relationship was over and I knew I was going to be moving from the land, I had this intuition. It was like a idea. Okay. So these things aren't planned out. It was like an idea to get in touch with my friend Seppi, who's been on the podcast. And if, I mean, I feel like in the sacred remembering community, we all know Seppi by his first name. Cause like I talk about him, other women talk about him. We love Seppi. Um, and, and I actually asked him last week if I could use his name in the book or if he wanted me to avoid using his name. And he was like, use my name. So I'm also using his name on the podcast. So he said, so he's in Pennsylvania. I'm in North Carolina and middle of the way is Virginia. So I said, Hey, you know, do you want to meet in Virginia for the weekend? And he was like, yes. So he found this Airbnb and it was so sweet. And it was like on this kind of plantation land in Virginia, there's a lot of that. And it was super rural. And even the artwork on the inside of the cabin, I remember was like all of these animal prints of like masculine feminine relationships in the animal kingdom. And I was like, oh, interesting. Um, and so Sippy's a hands-on healer, massage therapist, and um, I'm an energy healer, and we're all all of those things anyway. And so we like set up, you know, a healing table in the middle of the space, and we were just gonna like have a weekend of healing. We brought all this good food, and Sippy's an amazing cook. And so I was like, yes, please cook for me. So he's one of the most friendly people ever on the planet, and I, he had arrived before I had arrived. So he's coming from the North and I'm coming North from the South. And he met the woman who owned the Airbnb and she lived also on the property in this big farmhouse. And she walked, um, she had been injured, like her vertebrae, um, bent forward. I'm feeling a lot of respect here as I start to talk about the grandmothers. And um, her name was Susan. And she was really beautiful, like long gray hair and really spunky. Like you could tell that this injury that Seppi had found out came from a car accident. Um, you, it wasn't going to like hold her back, right? She was still up and over the concrete steps. And, and because he's so genuine and relational, he had spoken with her about what had happened before it arrived. And she was in pain in her body. And so he said, well, you know, Sarah and I can work on you. We're going to set up this massage table and we're both healers and we would love to give you a session before we leave on Sunday. And so we said we were going to do that. And we kind of, you know, went about the weekend. Oh, yeah. So sometimes when I tell these stories, you know, I'm already in like a 
sacred conversation. And here, as I tell it on the podcast for the first time, and there's YouTube and there's like all of these channels that this goes out to, um, I feel myself like dropping in a layer deeper and dropping in a layer deeper to, to tell you a sacred story. So this is, you know, this is working me. This is working my edges. Okay. Got the go ahead. So also before I had arrived, Seppi had like gone to this nearby state forest and he was like, I really want to show you this hike, this trail I found. And I was like, great, show me the way. Like, yes. And so we go to this mountain and we're like pretty much the only people on it. And I love having a couple of days with Seppi because like we have that much to share with one another that we just talk the whole time. And I had been uncovering, um, actually, I don't know if YouTube blocks some of these things if I publish it, we'll see. So I had been uncovering some family, um, I guess, story like that had been so covered up around um, connection in my father's lineage to satanic ritual abuse and cult abuse and pedophilia and really disgusting shit. And I had uncovered this, which made a lot of sense on my spiritual journey. It helped things to come together. But as a woman, discovering that this was the like basis for my fucked upness in my childhood was mind boggling to say the least. So that was like 20, I found this out in like 2019 and then 2020, like that first year of the pandemic, I was really processing this, like with all that I knew about trauma and childhood trauma from walking my own walk, from working in education. For, I mean, it was like all of these puzzle pieces that my soul had collected along the way actually did prepare me somewhat for finding this out. And so I had um, really began to like detangle myself from my, my own family. Um, by the time I was in my early thirties, because there was so much silence and I knew that I had been abused, which I've talked about before on the podcast, I believe, um, definitely ex, uh, episode 144. I shared a lot about like what had happened last year. So this is always like, y'all, I haven't really shared this, but this has been a part of my journey and my sacred remembering journey. And I haven't shared it as much because it was a lot to process. Like not just the facts, but then also the unwinding of the effects in my own life, which thankfully, praise creation, I now feel that that I'll say ego self um, has been healing a lot. And I'm more ready to bring this forward as a medicine rather than tell a story that might 
further traumatize, right? So my job here is to tell stories that do educate and that do inspire. And so this is not coming from the pain anymore, which is a part of the reason why I needed to step away from sacred remembering, I think, you know, and some things are clearer in hindsight. So I, like I said, I spent a lot of 2020 um, mapping what had happened to my father as a child who was taken through, you know, satanic ritual abuse and cult behavior for many years of his very formative years and how that would impact, you know, all of that went untreated. And let me tell you, just to really take this a layer deeper is that this is the worst of human behavior performed on children. And the word here that I would specifically use is groomed. Okay. So, so it's like the mind is broken on purpose and the, uh, the soul breaks and it's like, the you know if you know anything about trauma what you know is that the brain will protect you from the horrid memories by repressing them and then throughout your life you know more memories might come back and so i presume that this is why my father was an alcoholic at various periods you know over his life over my life because it would just be very, very difficult for these repressed memories to come back and then have to deal with them. But, um, you know, all I can really do is speculate, um, as far as what the exact effect on my father may have been, but I know a lot about the effect of being his daughter. Um, and he is still living, but we don't have a relationship because he cannot be with any of this. And I actually have not directly spoken to him about this and it has not felt safe for me to do so. Um, and I have named the, you know, abuse and that has all been denied and by my mother as well. And so that lets me know that the family is not ready to embrace these things, which is another reason why I did not tell the stories. So I'm telling you all of this because there are going to be pieces of this. Like yesterday, I did an Instagram reel about this particular effect of satanic ritual abuse being performed on an aspect of me. And when I posted this Instagram reel, someone came into my inbox and said, I am a woman who has also experienced satanic ritual abuse thank you so much for posting this because I feel less crazy. So that is how I know that I'm in my medicine. And that makes me want to cry because if I tell this story and one person feels less crazy or, you know, this is why we do it. This is why we do it. So, um, so that is real. Okay. And the impact of being raised by someone who participated in that at any age. And I have reason to believe that um, he continued to participate in that 
throughout my life, at least in aspects of himself, whether those were completely dissociated, sort of like other personality aspects of himself or cognitive aspects of himself. I have no idea. Um, and I can only speculate, like I said, based on my experience. So I'm on this mountain in Virginia, back to that. And I hadn't told the full story with the details and I have not told you the full story and I actually wouldn't because it is very, very graphic. And so, you know, what I have been told, what I have like remembered in these various um, memories was actually enough to make me like want to not remember for a while, which is another thing. I don't know if I'll come back to that in this episode or not, but it was almost like, okay, (laughs) it was like too much. I don't quite know how to do with all of this and ah, okay. But that was later. So on this mountain in Virginia, I'm telling Seppi the entire story and he is listening and he is aware of, you know, the SRA and like how prolific it is. And, you know, I'm still in this like, holy shit, this is actually my lineage. And I did know enough at this point in time to know that my soul, um, there are actually soul types. And my one thing about my DNA and my soul is that I am a polarity integrator you know, hence my fascination with masculine and feminine and reuniting. So I am someone who is here to help us like transmute the density into the light. I am someone who's like here for the mechanics of unity. Um, And if you were watching the video, you saw my face light up because I geek out on that. Like, how do we get to unity? How do we get to the, you know, like creational template? Well, um, mapping that out is actually such a, a, part of um, my world. And so, so I, yeah, was, was sharing the story with him and he's tracking it with me and okay. So I'm going to take you into the experience of like being on the mountain. So my feet were like, I was fascinated with the rocks that we were on. I started paying attention to the rocks that we were on and the rocks in Virginia are very different than Pennsylvania, which is my home state or North Carolina, which is my home. And I was like, I love these rocks. I was just geeking out about the rocks. Like in the story, I was, I was like stomping on the rock. Like a little kid would like hop from rock to rock. I was kind of doing that and making these like smacking sounds with my shoes. And I was like, telling this story and jumping and just like, Seppi, do you see these rocks? And he's like, yeah, I see the rocks. And all of a sudden I have chills in this moment as I'm telling you this, all of a sudden I stop on one of these rocks and I was like, where are we? (laughs) Bless Seppi's patience for me because he was like, he just looked at me like, what do you mean where we are? You know? And I said, what, where are we? Like on a map, where, where are we? And he was like, just still kind of silent and watching me as I was like, oh, 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 you know, I began to like breathe heavier and, 
And by this time, I had told the entire story in its entirety, y'all. This story had never been spoken. This is the important part. This story had never been spoken in its entirety. The secrecy of my family had never been spoken aloud like that. Please hear that. I have chills. Okay, stomp that into a rock. That's important. So I get done telling it. I'm stomping these rocks. I'm like, oh my God, where are we? And I realize that we must be very close to the location on earth where my father actually grew up as a child and was subjected to this. Okay. And so I realized this, this aha moment, this like ping goes off. And sure enough, you know, in that moment, I like texted my mother because I wasn't, I don't talk to my father, barely talk to my mother. And I was like, where did dad grow up? What, you know, What's a town, you know? And I was like 40 miles east as the crow flies from the town that he grew up. So out of the entire like East Coast or grid, I ended up in a place that was the place where like he was birthed. It was the geographic, the land where my grandmother, Susie raised the first four of her six children and where presumably, but I have some data or some anecdotal data for this, where this ritual abuse began to take place. And then it also took place in Pennsylvania. So, okay. Do you remember that I told you that the woman who owned the property's name was Susan, my grandmother, my father's mother, her name was Susie. Okay. And at this point in time, Susie was still living and was living, had lived in Pennsylvania my whole life. And I did not really have a relationship with Susie. Um, my father was estranged from Susie most of my adolescent life, you know, and older, and he had done some work to reconcile with that, but I had not uh, felt to do that. And so, um, sometimes I might see her, but there wasn't a grandmotherly connection per se. And, The interesting thing about it, however, is that, you know, when we're growing up and we don't see one side of the family, let's say, like I always saw my mother's side of the family and my mother's mother, but I didn't necessarily take after her genetically. Like when I was pregnant with my daughter, um, all of my, you know, gestational diabetes and like all of this the medical stuff actually linked to my father's side of the family. And that was eye-opening for me as a young person. Like, oh, you're very much connected genetically to, you know, these people, even if you don't see them. And there was enough, I'll say dysfunction in <laughs> clearly in that side of the family that um I didn't 
want to, you know, pursue connection. And let me reiterate that this kind of thing is, is generally kept so silent in families that family members do not know that this has happened. So I don't know if my mother knows. I know that at least aspects of her know about this, but I don't know if there's ever been a conversation. My two sisters don't know about this. So uh, nobody talks about this. And I don't, I don't even really want to say right now, like how I found out about it because someone came forward in a really brave and beautiful way. And in some ways, what I was doing on that mountain that day was honoring the story that I had been told because it was one of the bravest stories I have ever, ever heard of survival, of clawing your way back from that kind of trauma. And, um, And I know and I trust down to my bones that I was made aware of that story as a sacred gift on my sacred remembering path. Like, absolutely. And I already knew about the SRA by the time I was told that story. And so when I was told the story, no one said SRA, but I knew what it was. So how's that for sacred remembering? Like on my soul's path, I had already been questioning these, you know, what makes good, what makes evil, what makes patriarchy, how does this whole thing work? And I had begun to uncover some of these things. And then I find out, by the way, your lineage was a part of this. And it's like, oh, wow. Oh, freaking wow. Okay. So back to the Susans. So there's an aspect of this story that I always knew was an incredible weaving of the great mystery. And just a few weeks ago, the soul guidance or the grandmother guidance was get out your journal and start rewriting this story. And I was like, okie dokie. And when I did, I found this other element that I had not seen before, which is cool because it's been two years since this happened. Okay. So are y'all ready? This part's really beautiful, really cool. I really feel it like up in my high heart. There's also a place of like the mother principle. So really giving gratitude for that. Okay. So it's Sunday and I like, I'm ready to hit the road because I want to go see my kiddo and Seppi's like, no, we need to do this session that we said we were going to do. And so we set up the room and we like dim the lights and she gets on the table and her like gray hair is cascading down the table. And she was all game for anything we were going to do. She was like, if you're going to help me feel better, that's great. And so when Seppi and I are working in person in tandem like that, I just, I let him take the lead with the massage. And then I kind of move around him with the energy work. And so, um, I can't really tell the story without crying. So I put my hands 
like under her ankles, under her feet, while he was at her head. And um, and I just began to tune in. And thank goodness, like the lights were dim and her eyes were closed because what happened next was so beautiful that I stood there with tears just streaming down my face for I don't even know how long. And what happened was I had this vision of her entire body becoming mountains. Like her body was land. And up and out of the land of her body came these waters, these crystalline waters, these waters that were of a crystalline essence, like of the of of purity, of purity, this crystalline essence. And the waters knew where to flow on her body. And I was witnessing, and there was so much healing and so much gentleness and just so much wisdom in the way these waters moved. And anyone who is a true healer knows that there's nothing that we're doing (laughs) other than holding the intention and the love when we're in that space. And so I was so in awe. I was in awe of everything her body had gone through and just the age of her body and how strong it was and, and how willing she was to experience healing and how trusting she was and And then I was in absolute awe of this vision that I was having. And really, from what I remember, the rest of the, you know, session went like that. Just these waters moving into these places and this like massive, you know, amounts of energy leaving her body and and healing. And um, it was... It was so incredible. And I had begun, for sure, a sacred remembering knowing that the land and the women heal together, like the earth body heals with the women's body. And so I thought, well, how fascinating this vision I just had. And so I get in my car shortly after, and I'm like headed back. And I knew that what had just happened was super profound. And I was driving and this hawk wing, like from a dead hawk, this hawk wing lifted up in the air, like it waved at me. <laughs> and and I heard spirit say, that's for you. And I was like, that's fucking crazy. That's a dead <laughs> road. Like what, excuse me, you know? And, um, and I kind of kept driving and spirit was like, did you hear me? That was an off <laughs> And I was like, okay. And I, I had so little gas and I was on this mountain road and I was like, but I got to turn around and the gas and spirit's like, you have just been offered a hawk feather, go back, you know? So I 
made a, a bit of an offering. I can't remember what I left, but took a feather off of the bird and and I was just oh like really you know at this point you're like you are in the mystery you're just in it you're like I don't know what just happened I don't know why this hawk is offering me a feather okay you know and and maybe by the time I'm an elder I'll have a lot more like understanding of that but this is like me modern woman waking up to the truth of who I am on the sacred remembering path being like okay all right now I'm being offered a hawk feather okay first time for everything so all right so I come back to North Carolina and I'm waiting for these like heartland grandmothers that had come to me and said, you know, we're going to give you heartland. When I said, absolutely no more depletion, absolutely no more of this taker frequency. And remember friends, I just told you that my family was involved in satanic ritual abuse. So that is soul harvesting. That is body harvesting. Those are the words that I'm using. That is what it is. It is a taker frequency of the fucking worst sort. The amount of trauma and rape and incest that my grandmother had to deal with, I can't even imagine. On her body, like taker frequency on her body. Taker frequency passed to her children, passed to her grandchildren. Who knows what the lineage looked like before that? And I had had enough and I spoke it on this land and I said, I'm done with depletion. Show me the way. And I got heartland. Again, not that I knew what to do with it immediately. I'm still in this moment. This last weekend, I moved a massive peace in the heartland mystery for myself. It's been over two years. And so I'm still unpacking this. I'm still bringing this forward. Thank you, grandmothers, for continuing to walk with me. And my alarm is going off to tell me to go get my son. Okay. I'm going to finish this up. So I'm back in North Carolina, but the Heartland grandmothers had not given me the go-ahead to leave the land yet. That's what I was waiting for. I was like, show me when it's okay to leave this place because I'm not, I'm not leaving here just to repeat this again. Like this had happened before. I'm not leaving here just to repeat this again. I'm not leaving here like a victim. I'm not. And I get a text a day after I returned that my grandmother Susie was in the hospital with COVID in Pennsylvania. And then I got a message just a few days after that, that Susie had passed. As I speak this story, I don't know what you can feel. I would love to hear from you. But what I feel is this land connection. 
this connection through the land now that the story has been spoken again. Now that this truth has been told in, an, in another unfolding, there's another layer of healing that's actually currently happening and will continue to unfold. And this is why the grandmothers guided me to tell the story today. Again, for reasons beyond what I understand. Wow. And so a few weekends ago, as I picked up my journal to follow the instructions to rewrite this story, I know a bit more now. <laughs> I'm actually very different than I was then, which is fun to look back on and realize there has been <laughs> quite a significant maturation. And um, I realized that when I was standing in front of the woman, the grandmother in the physical with the same name as my paternal grandmother, that I was actually working in the holographic field to clear my grandmother, Susie, of, whew, I haven't spoken these words and it brings tears, of some of her miasma and some of her trauma, massive amounts of trauma, massive amounts of depletion. And I was actually clearing that from the holographic. So how would that work? Um, it's also beyond me how that would work, but it's like the, there's like this, you know, overlay or rep, not overlay representation because images and physicality is really projections of um, consciousness. And so this holographic of this grandmother in front of me with my grandmother's name um which at that point I was like that's interesting I'm this close to their home and she has her same name like that was always very like whoa to me but um recognizing that I was actually clearing um energy from my own grandmother and the land of her body and also the land where this occurred. And that, my friends, is grid work. <laughs> and this particular intersection of the healing of women's bodies in conjunction with the healing of the earth body is ooh, such a, a deep, deep um, calling to me. And I believe part of my medicine and it is an integral part of what Heartland is about. If you're feeling that, you can, you can go to sarahpoet.com backslash Heartland <laughs> because uh, it is an offering and I'd like to open it in September. That's the plan. And I will open it uh, when the women show up and let me know that, that it's time for that. And so... Um, you know, when we want to step into this kind of remembering Heartland is, is there for us and Heartland has continued to initiate me. Um, I've offered the live group once a year. Last year was fun because <laughs> the second time I offered it in 2022, I think I told this story in the last podcast. 
um, my soul was like, go to this lake and just look at it. Like I pictured myself going there and looking at it. And I was like, you don't have to walk around the lake, just go look at it. And it said Lake Susan. Um, And so this grandmother, I still have curiosities about this grandmother because I didn't, until recently, realizing that I had helped to clear a lot of things, you know, we have well ancestors and then we have like unwell ancestors. And I've definitely seen um, some unwell aspects in visions and and like trying to tune in with Susie, I still saw a lot of unwell aspects in her and not exactly sure even still what my soul contract like is or continues to be with her. Um, because yeah, because sometimes I don't want to be responsible for clearing all that shit. <laughs> and so, like I said, sometimes I don't go looking for all the answers, but um, you know she let me know last year that, that she was a guide, um, in, in this journey. And I feel as though, you know, this turning, um, in like another year and another layer of this story kind of emerging, knowing that I really was working in service to my grandmother, to my lineage, to, to the grids, um, to the, to the bloodshed, like to clearing the bloodshed in the grids on that land. I was doing that so much more than I knew. And I guess to that, I would say, this is how we remember and how we activate is like hearing these intuitions and these pings and then just trusting. And maybe we'll learn more later. And also maybe we won't. And maybe we learn that, you know, when we close our eyes for the last time and and we see all the truth that we seek for as a human. And I find lately, and I think this is grandmother medicine, now that I say it, that, yeah, like, the, the more I trust and don't try to figure out, <laughs> like the more I say, okay, I am choosing to be in my divine alignment. I am choosing my path in service to the Christo Sophia, in service to the organic nature of this planet, in service to ending Ooh, feminine depletion, rape, pedophilia, all this shit. <laughs> all this like taker shit Ooh. I am in service to that I am in service to the power of women's sacred remembrance I can't hardly say this without bursting into tears because if we like if we don't trust ourselves to remember what happens. Then the stories don't get told and the secrets continue. And children keep getting hurt. (sighs) So we don't want that. We fucking don't want that. And I've spoken before, I think it was in episode 144, about 
um, speaking out about the child abuse of my lineage so that nothing ever happens to a child ever again. And if that is like my only accomplishment in this lifetime, then so be it. But um, I don't think that's the only thing that I'm here for, but it was major. It was super major. So, ooh, you know, as evidenced by the emotion that is arising in me, sisters, this is big stuff. And also in the last year and a half to two, yeah, I mean, a few years, the need like for women who are on this remembering path to have community, the need for that is so imperative that that is what Heartland Ministries and the Sacred Remembering Community is about. Okay, so that when you're waking up to these truths and, you know, like maybe your family doesn't believe you, maybe you are like the only person who talks like this in your life or thinks like this, you need other women, (laughs) you need other women. And so here I am, like, you know, putting it out into the world, what Others have literally like (laughs) decided not to be my family members anymore because I'm willing to speak such things. And I am willing to put this out there in greater and greater, greater ways through the grid. Fuck yeah, stomping it into the fucking rocks. I am willing to put this into the grids to move us from depletion into regeneration. And I am grateful to Susie, to the grandmothers, to the helpers, to the Heartland grandmothers, to those I know by name, to those I don't know by name. I am so grateful for these mountains in Asheville, North Carolina, that I get to call home, that I get to have this deep connection to and lineage connection to. I love the Appalachians. I love this land. And I am in commitment to healing the imprints of poverty and scarcity and depletion taking and rape from the feminine grids in this epic dragon territory. Also want to say thank you to the local grandmothers that have welcomed me back into their circle. Thank you all for listening. I feel like we just wove something really sacred there and Remember that the weaving is the trusting of the information, the trusting of like the the little details that like stick with you and then you have a connection and then you tell someone else a story or you come tell your story in sacred remembering. And it is that weaving that we trust, that we trust and that we, we weave a circle with. Thinking hawk medicine.
Just tuning in here before I close out. Yeah, after my nap today, I got this ping to do this podcast. And I was like, what? And then Hawk came in. Hawk was like, no, really, do the podcast. Like it, you know, <laughs> etherically like raised that wing again, like this time. So thank you, Hawk. Okay, I believe that's complete for now. So much love to everyone. So, so, so much love. If this story impacts you, please leave comments. Please reach out to me. If you like, if I can be of service to you, um, I definitely have sessions available. And so you can reach out to me for that and the sacred remembering community as well. It all can be found at sarahpoet.com. Oh, and if you're still listening, I just want to mention that um, a lot's happening as I <laughs> follow the soul's instructions to, I'll say, retemplate uh, the grids of my work. And so there's a lot that's like being built. Um, so the Sacred Remembering Podcast is back. And I'm also putting these videos on YouTube. So if listening to me or watching me talk with my hands is your thing, it's on YouTube. <laughs> and um mm, what else wanted to be said about that? Oh, my blog. So I also am a writer and uh, am, am writing a lot. And that is part of what brings me into my soul's essence. And um, sometimes, you know, it's shadowy or or like I learn more later. And a lot of the time, it's really great. <laughs> So, you know, if you want to check in with my blog, if you want to share these things and, you know, help me to grow this community and grow the connections, that's a part of this. I'm not uh, very interested in like forcing that to happen, but I do really, really appreciate when those connections are made naturally and, um, you know, in the like women supporting women sort of way. And so if this did touch you and you think of another woman that you would like to share it with, please do that. And I am very much appreciative and grateful that you would do that, that you are here, that you are listening and that you trust me to to share a story with you and that you would spend your time this way. So head on over to Sarah Poet too, because I just wrote this 22 page ebook about women's resources and like no more depletion kind of a thing, y'all. So go get it. It's free at sarahpoet.com. And I will see you or talk to you the next time our sacred remembering paths cross. So much love.